<laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much for having fun over my mistakes. <laughs> okay. Today, I have a message that I want to share. I think that's where my mind was, because God, I believe God gave me this message. And I'm glad that we've already taken the offering. So, because we've already taken the offering, I feel really free, because it's really not about offering. Many times, pastors have a hard time going to talk about offerings, because of the way some people take it. They always ask, is the church in need? Is the church, do they have need, financial need? If we, as a church, we have difficulty financially, I won't talk to you. I generally would just talk to God about it. That's all I know. This is his business, and I'll talk to him about it, and he has to provide. But the Bible says, I never withheld from you anything that was profitable to you. So I know this is profitable, so I want to share it with you. It's not just about offering. Let God, let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart so you know where this is coming from. I titled this message, I believe God gave it to me because I just got up of bed. It was a Wednesday night. I was coming ready to go to church and the Lord downloaded this title to me and I said, oh yeah, what about that? He says, an offering that God will write about. An offering that God will write about. There are so many people that have given offerings. They've given to God. And some sacrificial offering, in their mind, it was a sacrificial offering. So many gave to God, all down the ages. But God chose just a few people to write in his book about their offering to him. Because their offering not only moved their situation and changed their situation, brought blessings from heaven, their offering moved heaven and God said to himself, I've got to find a place in my book to write about this. So that for generations to come, they can read about what this man had just done. Now, those people who gave, they had no idea that their offering will be read about generations to come, a thousand years to come, two thousand years to come, and more. They had no idea that God had reserved, they were, God was so pleased with what they did that God reserved in his book a place for them. So that people can read about them. And as long as the earth stands, and as long as the name of Jesus is being mentioned, is still being mentioned around the world, from every Sunday, somebody somewhere in the world will be talking about at least one of these people that God wrote about. Now, my message is this. Is this. If, 
there is no closing page to the book. If we have no closing book uh, page to the writing of the scriptures, and the scripture is still being written today, no closing page, God is still writing today. Will God reserve a place for your offering? So that generations to come, people will still be writing, reading about what you did. 10,000 years, or if the earth tarries, if Jesus tarries, God will still be writing, people will still be reading about you. If there is no closing page to it. Those were the thoughts that were coming into my mind. Now, the thing is, you have to recognize why this is so important to God. Giving is so important to God. God specially loves givers. He responds to them. Why? Because God himself is a giver. That's who he is. God doesn't hold back when it comes to giving. Because he created the universe and he created the laws of the universe. There is a law, according to the scriptures, that is called the law of giving and receiving. God understands that law very well. And God says in in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, God says there it is more profitable, or let me put it this way, it's better to give than to receive. It's always better to give than to receive. God understands that. So God gave his immortal son, made him mortal, that, that means he should die, he took an immortal being, made him mortal. God was given, you know the scriptures. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. In other words, you become immortal through Christ, right? You live forever. Your soul becomes immortal. So giving is very important. And so God loves givers because he himself is a giver. And if you give, God blesses you. And that law is there. And Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians. There is the law. He said, many of you didn't participate with me. Or you alone participated with me in this thing of giving and receiving. But it's better to give than to receive. That's the way God puts it. And so God tells us in Luke uh, chapter 6 verse 38. Give, giving us is a command. Not just to the church, but give. He didn't say church there, right? We should give to God's work because we love him. That's important. So that God's work doesn't fail. But he says give and it shall be given to you. He never said church, but give. It's a command. Give and it shall be given to you. Love, money, whatever. Give time, give. He shall be given to you. According to the word of God. It will. Not me, will. Why can't we take God seriously? Will, if you give, God says the way it will be. No doubt about it. It will be given to you good measure. Not the kind that you gave, but good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Will be put into your bosom. 
For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Measure there in my mind is, is okay, well, we want to talk about scale if you measure this. But whatever you give, that's what you get back. You give love, that's your measure, right? You get love back. You give kindness, you get kindness back. You complain of not having friends, you didn't give friendship. So you got no friends. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt somebody? This is a different Sunday, right? But what you give is what you you get. Let, Let your giving be recognized by God so he puts it in his book for generations to come. It's more blessed to give. You see, God blesses the giver. We read that in First Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians. We read that Second Corinthians chapter nine. God is the one who supplies seed to who? The giver, the sower, the one who is giving. God's not expecting all of us to be farmers, right? Otherwise, they say, "How is your farm doing <laughs> this morning?" And you say, oh, "Yeah, my farm's doing well." Hey, brother, how is your farm doing? Sower is giving. Giving to God and giving to people. There are certain characteristics in giving. We feel these ones that God has written in the scriptures. And we want to learn those things so that we know how they give and, and, and how God blessed them. There are certain things that we need to understand. First one. In your giving. Putting others first. Putting others first. Above your, above your own particular need. I never did know uh, until when I was looking after I got the title and I started studying. I didn't know that, the, you know about the story of the widow's mite? I didn't know the type of offering. They had different kinds of offerings that they were giving to this particular story, that offering was for the poor people. It was the poor box. She was obeying what God said. God said, bring the money to the, to the poor box and the priests, they will distribute it. But the Bible says she was poor also. The Bible didn't say she was a beggar. So she must have been doing something to earn something. And in her mind, she was saying, I'll give because I'll go back and work and I'll give. But she couldn't stand somebody else being without. That's the issue here. She couldn't stand that. Listen to the scriptures here. He says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury. That tells you Jesus is interested, God is interested in your giving. So he stood over, stopped preaching. He usually was in the temple or in the temple or the synagogue, always is preaching, teaching. But this time he didn't preach. He stood, and this was the treasury. That's what they called the court of the women. That's where the women gathered. There's a certain part of the te- uh, temple that the women were not permitted to go to. But God, Jesus has broken all of that down. Okay, <laughs> the veil was torn from top to the bottom. But that's where Jesus ministered because everybody could go to the place, the court of the women. The children, the women, and the men, everyone was there. 
And that's where the, the poor box, box was. And so Jesus stopped preaching and sat there. That's usually the place Jesus preached in the temple. Nowhere else. He wouldn't go into the Holy of Holies. Just that place. He says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury. He's just sitting there and saw how the people put money into the treasury. This was the poor box to give to people. He was watching them what they would do. And many who were rich put in much. That's good. Can I hear an amen? That's good. When God's giving you much, he expects much from you. That's good. In this time, they were doing something good. They had much and they were giving much. And that's commendable. And the Bible commended them for that. They were giving much as well. It's tough, it's tough when God's put much in your hand and when it comes to supporting his work or helping people, you give less. God knows. God knows. He, puts the, he was the one that put that in your heart and put that in your hands. So he watches. It's amazing that Jesus will stop everything. I said this before and start watching. I wonder what will happen in church if, if we had the many box here and Jesus is sitting there watching everything that you put in there. You, you put in an envelope, he opens it and looks. But I'm sure many of us will empty everything we got, right? Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance. He wasn't saying they did anything wrong. They did well. It's just that... Uh, if it's going to be written in his book, right? It's got to be that widow. Amen? It's got to be that widow. Because in her heart, she had nothing. That was all she got. Maybe the ways that she was able to earn on that day. She didn't care about herself. She only was concerned about these other people that may not eat. And she says, I can, I can handle that. I'll go back to work. Next time, I'll get my, my two mites and I'll take care of myself. But today... I'm going to give. She wasn't aware. She didn't know who Jesus was. We know Jesus is the Son of God. She didn't do it because of Jesus. She did it from the goodness of her heart. That's why God loves good, uh, giving. Because giving is born out of the goodness of somebody's heart. You want to help somebody else. You want to help what... Even when you give into the church, it's to help the work of God so that somebody's life can be reached. Somebody's life can be changed. That should be the motive. And that's what God rewards by putting it in his book. Then the next person was the, uh, Abraham. The second principle here, fear and commitment to God. Fear and commitment to God. With, with Abraham, I mean, for 25 years, he had received a promise from God and was wanting to... to, to that promise to be fulfilled in his life. It didn't work for a while. And then finally Ishmael was born. And God said, no, that's not Ishmael. Your name will be called on this, this one. That's, that's the one that's going to bear your name. That's Isaac. And then finally Isaac was born. And then God told him, I want you to sacrifice Isaac 
to me. That's what God told me in the, in the mountain that I will show you. You know, the Bible tells us immediately that there was no waste of time. Probably they get these visions at night, right? The next day, he didn't talk to his wife. He didn't talk to anybody. He gathered everything, got his son, and they're up to obey. It, it, this is something God wrote about because it was special to God. So if we're going to give to God, first of all, we have to give ourselves to Him. That's number one. Commit your life totally to God. Everything. Abraham was totally committed to God. And he feared God. And so when God told him to do this, and you can imagine Abraham was well known around the region. He was well known because he was rich. Very rich. So I'm sure everybody was talking about Abraham. Think about it. If God had allowed him to kill that boy, what would have been said all over the land? They look at him. He killed his own son. Right? He murdered his own son. And then he covers it by saying, God said he should do it. Abraham was a man. He could care less about what people thought. He was going to please his God. Regardless. We started this stuff again. <laughs> you want me to take this? Okay. So, he could care less about what the people thought. Many times when it comes to God, we are too concerned about what people think. Receive Jesus. Well, I don't want anybody to know that I'm a sinner. Well, you are a sinner. Everyone is a sinner. Everyone is sin. What are you trying to hide? That's pride. He could care less. And, and think about it. If he had killed his son, how would he go back to face his wife? But to obey God was number one for him. That was what was the most important thing for him. It says, Abraham searched, stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here am I. Hey, where did he call from? Where did he call from? You mean he called from heaven and Abraham heard on the earth? Uh, that's interesting, right? When you obey God, God calls from heaven. God calls from heaven. And God said, don't put touch that boy. Do not lay your hands on that boy. And then God provided the lamb. And then God spoke again in verse 15. By myself, God says, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, and I have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you, your descendants, as the stars of the heavens. You know, he was going to let go of his son. That's his gift, right? Guess what he gets back? The stars of the heavens. Much more. Not only receiving from God, which God has fulfilled, 
But God made a place in his book to write about it. I need to go on to the next one. Another principle, love for God. A deep love for God. And we found that we find that uh, we find that in the life of Solomon. In First Kings chapter three, three through five, he says, "And Solomon loved the Lord." That's all he said about that. Walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places. They had high places in those days where they could make sacrifice. But finally, God says, only inside the house of God, the temple. It says, now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. So they could do that. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. A thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Why did he do it? It tells you why. Solomon loved the Lord. A thousand burnt sacrifices, bulls to God. That's a lot in those days. That was much. And God responded big time. That same night, it says, in, he was in Gibeon. And that same night, verse 5 says, And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give you. He sacrificed, did something to the heavens. Just like Abraham, now God himself came down in a dream and asked Solomon, what do you want? The key there was that he gave to God because he loved God. Your giving tells us how much you love. It's just the way it is. You can say what you want to say if you're holding back from giving to God and helping people. God knows what's going on there. He loved God. Now let me tell you this. Solomon was not born with the wisdom he had. I've said it here before. Solomon knew he had no wisdom. He said to God, now you, my father, you work, work with my father. For me, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the wisdom. So he was more concerned about wisdom. And that's intriguing to me because God can deliver something to you that you were not born with. How does it? By your giving. When you give, you open the windows of heaven. And things will come upon your life that was not there. When you give, when you hold back, you shut the windows of heaven. I think it's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, that says that there are those who just scatter. And it amounts, they get, they get rich. But those who withhold more than is meat, and it tends to poverty. 
So it's always good to give to the Lord. He loved God, and God responded, and God gave him so much wisdom. And then let me tell you this. When God gives you something, he's going to provide a way for you to know exactly he's already there. Amen? I'm sure if you looked at Solomon after God appeared to him the next day, you wouldn't have known that there has been a heavenly transaction between him and God. There's no way to tell because he looked exactly the same. Until those two women, remember the story of those two women? One with the child that died, that was when they realized, "Uh uh-oh, something is different about this man. And from then on, you can tell. Because he loved God. Solomon loved the Lord. He walked according to his father David. And then he did what he had to do by giving the offering. Now, the fourth one is... Giving through a powerful need in your life. A powerful need in a person's life. You know the story about uh, Hannah, the wife of Elkanah, the mother of Samuel. And she was barren. And she was looking for a child, and there was no child because she was barren. And her husband said to her, I'm more than ten sons to you. But as far as she was concerned, that wasn't good enough. I need my own child. I need that. And so the Bible tells us that she went and started praying to God because she had a great need. What you need is what you give to God. Amen? It's what you need. That's what you give to God. Look at what it says here. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She was really hurting because of this thing that was hurting her. But God wrote about this. Why? Because he wants you to see how things are done with him. This pleased God. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male she was specific, okay? <laughs> a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. She gave. She gave even before the child was born. She made that promise to God. This is what I'm going to do. And God wants us to realize that if you have a powerful need in your life, the only one to cry to is him. And when you cry out to him, if he's been there for a long time, he's tormenting you, you can talk to God and God will respond and do something in your life. You know, God gave this woman a child. He put this story here so we can see that this can happen to you 
even if things are difficult in your life, God can change that situation and make the situation much better than you can ever dream. God gave this woman a son that she had made a, a vow to God that she was going to give back to God. God gave her that son and she, we know her name today. You know why? Because of that offering to God. Samuel. The whole story was about Samuel. Because she gave to God everything. You know, Samuel became such a great prophet. Just like Solomon became such a great king. Such as Abraham became such a great father of faith. Everyone that God wrote about. Because of their giving. Amen? Because of their giving. Would you give an offering that God will write about? Every one of them became very great. In First Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the land. Now, you need to understand that. You know who governed Israel at that time? The prophet. Everybody went to the prophet for everything. This was before King Saul. That was the first king. But through her giving, God produced this in her life. Why did all of these people do this before God? Why did they do this? First, putting others first. Secondly, the fear and strong commitment to God. Thirdly, a deep love for God. And the power of a need in your own life. The power of a need in your own life. Maybe the need is there because... God wants you to take that giant step, amen, so that he can bless you and change your situation forever. Why is it that people cannot give sacrificially? Why? There's only one answer to that. You can't trust God. That's it. Faith. That's the only thing that holds us back from giving all to God. But God will put faith in your heart today and you can decide and ask God for help in your life. You hold back because you are afraid that God may not, hold, may not keep his own end of his promise. You hold back because you are scared that God will not meet his need. Put your life in his hand and throw yourself at him and watch what God will do. Until you make that sacrifice, your name may not, I mean, your story may not be written in his book. That's what we're talking about. Now, listen, the Bible tells us in Romans 14, and I'm closing now. Romans 14, verse 23, it says, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Because he does not eat from faith. 
For whatever is not from faith is sin. Every one of those people that they, they gave him faith, trusting God, that's what brought the result. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Now, there was a rich man on the opposite end. When you don't give, God will also write about it. Hello? There was the rich young ruler. Amen? Remember him? But you are nameless. According to the scripture. Jesus told him all he needed to do was what? Go. He says, what shall I do to inherit the kingdom of God? God says, sell everything that you got. Give to the poor. Notice, not give to, to my ministry. Not give to the temple. Take care of those people. Come and follow me. And he wouldn't. He was sad. He couldn't trust Jesus. We would have been reading about him today. Most likely, he would have been one of the twelve. But he wouldn't. And God wrote about it. Because he wouldn't. That's the other hand of it. God wrote about it. But then, something interesting happened. After he left, Jesus began to say, how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he wouldn't give. He wouldn't give. Zacchaeus was rich, right? It's not the problem with riches. It's the problem with giving. He wouldn't give. The, the disciples thought they were rich. When Jesus said, how hard? They said, they were astonished. According to the scriptures, they were astonished. Who then can be saved, they said. And Jesus said, with a man, it's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Now, when money becomes a, takes a hold of a Christian's life, where you can't turn loose, you shut everything out. It's not about money. God's looking for your heart. Give me your heart, and if you will give God yourself, and you can really give God everything about you, and you know God owns everything, then it's not hard for you to give. And if you give, God will write about it. God wrote about the Philippians through Paul before their giving. But then, after Jesus said that, the disciples started to say to Jesus, Peter especially, he said, look, Lord, we have left everything. And we followed you. What are we going to get? They considered themselves rich, right? But when Jesus called, they left everything. They gave their lives, right, to Jesus. And they followed him. And God wrote about it. Amen. They followed him. They left all. It's written there. They left everything. Left their future. Left their business. Everything. Just to follow him. Kukeles. They have found the Messiah. For three years. They slept wherever he was. They stayed with him. They gave everything. 
And so the Bible tells us in the same uh, scripture here, Mark chapter 10, it says, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. That's the giving. They gave everything. Amen? We left all to follow you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one. Can you say the word? No one. No one. There is no one. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels. Notice, for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold when, when, now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. This last one is a real hard one. Okay? With persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. In the age to come, eternal life. Question. All heads bow. If you were sincere, this is again, like I said, this is not about giving to the church. It's about your devotion to God. And it's not about money. It's about Have you aspired to give of everything that you have to God to the point where you know without a doubt I've done my best. Those people didn't know God were right about it, but you did your best. All heads bowed this morning. You evaluate your giving life. Life is about giving. It's not just about receiving. It's about giving. It's very important that you give. Jesus gave his life for us. The best you can do is first to give your life totally to him. Give your life totally to him. No reservation. Some of us are still holding back in our service of God. Today, just like Abraham, God says, now I know you fear God. Would you, without reservation, commit your life totally this morning to God? No fear in your heart. Would you do that? Are you sincere about that? Will God see what you're thinking in your heart and notice it? If there's anything in your life today that will stop you from totally committing your life to God, would you lay it down at the altar just like Abraham laid his son down at the altar? Nothing should be held back from your God. 
including your own life. Is anything too sacred? Is there something in your life, if God asks you to put it down, give that to me today, are you willing to give it to God? Whatever that is, your house, business, whatever it is, are you, will, you, will you willingly lay down for God? The first thing to do is to make sure you lay your life down to God. These days, Christians are so touchy. Very little thing. They get very offended because their commitment may be, is it to God? Is it really to God? When your commitment is to God, you stay with God. Amen? You don't let things move you. You forgive quickly. You let go. How many today will want to totally no hold them back? You're giving everything to the Lord. Would you put your hand up? Nothing, nothing held back. That means if God tells you that thing that you have there, I need it. Would you let it go? That's important to God. First of all, we must give our lives to God. Is everyone here willing to give your life totally to God? I know the Spirit of the Lord is here today, this morning. If you say it this morning, I'm holding nothing back. And let me say this, don't stand up if you're feeling a pull in your heart. Don't, don't say something to God that you don't mean because He knows your heart. Today, I'm asking every one of you, this is something that God's going to write about today because He said, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord, your name is written in the book of life. Amen? But today, I want everyone who's saying you really mean it from the heart, I'm giving everything to God. I'm holding nothing back. God helping me. Sometimes we're afraid to do that because we say, I really don't know. Well, God helping me, I'm going to do just that. That's what it is. If that's you, please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet if that's you. I'm holding nothing back. With God's help, I'm giving everything to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're still seated, meaning you're afraid to give some t- all your life to the Lord, and there's no condemnation, you've been sincere. But let me say this to you today. God helping me. I'm willing to do this. Would you do that? Would you do that? Father, I thank you. Because according to your word, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. 
today we are committing our lives to us. Everyone stand up, please. Everyone, please. Everyone, please stand up with me. Today, please raise your hands up to the Lord. Say with me, and please mean it from your heart. Today, I'm committing my life, my whole life, to you, Lord Jesus. Take full control of my life. Lord, I need you. I need your help. I need you to help me to walk in that narrow path that you've created for my feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for sending your son, for giving your son. Help me to give everything that I own, everything that I have. Help me to be willing to serve you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. Thank you, Father. I received grace from heaven right now in Jesus' name. I'm willing to give it all by your grace in Jesus' name. Would you give him a clap offering, please?